Welcome to The Frontline, a podcast for Christian men who are fighting for their marriages, fighting for their children, and pursuing the plans and purposes of God in the everyday, mundane, in and outs of life. Day by day, the battle's raging, lies of the evil one messing with our minds, opposition on every side. But this day we fight, this day we believe, this day we overcome. Despite the war around us, we line up, our shoulders broad, our confidence in God. Today, we stand on the front line. This is the front line. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Before honor is humility. So often we want to be honored. We want just to be our name in the lights. Honor me. Look at me. Honor, honor, honor. Represent. What's up? Power, honor, authority. And the Bible says before honor comes humility. You got to have humility if you want to have honor. Amen and amen. Welcome back, gentlemen, to another episode of the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. I hope that you're standing strong in your faith in Jesus Christ, in the scriptures that are God-breathed and written by the Holy Spirit through men of old. Amen. God's word is true. God's word brings life. God's word brings clarity in a world of confusion. Amen. And I hope that you are built up in your faith. I hope you're standing strong in your faith in the Lord and his word. Amen. So something new and exciting in my life that I want to share with you is something pretty rad, something pretty exciting for me, for my wife. But just in the last week or so, we were given a gift and this was the gift of coffee. And you can never go wrong with the gift of coffee. Amen. You can never have too much coffee. You can never go out for too many coffees. You might drink a coffee and then someone might say, hey, can I bring you a coffee? And your answer has to be yes, because there's no such thing, in my opinion, as too much coffee. And so we were given an incredible gift just recently of this beautiful Nespresso machine. That's right, Nespresso. Nespresso, man. Oh, that sounds good. And this thing is beautiful. You buy the little coffee Nespresso pods and they're all multicolored. They look so expensive and and like classy and, and beautiful that you don't want to puncture the hole when you put it in the machine. And so, yeah, man, I'm all about Nespresso now. They have all sorts of flavors. I'm not big on flavored coffee. My wife likes it. But we're figuring out what kind of Nespresso's we're enjoying now we've always been a keurig family and we still got the keurig going on can't go wrong with keurig it's a beautiful thing but this nespresso just takes coffee up a notch on the ladder of coffee loving amen and so that is something new for me i am excited about nespresso in fact i got one right in my hand right now it's about halfway down the cup i've been sipping on it you might hear me sipping on it but that's something new and exciting for this guy nespresso if you want a good cup of coffee Go to your local Costco, Walmart, 
and pick up an espresso and tell them Matt Knoll sent you from the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. That's right. So that's pretty exciting for me. But something else that's pretty exciting for me is we just, my wife and I just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. I can't believe it's been 18 years. It seems like yesterday I was just 18 years old. And I was just a 20-year-old boy, madly in love with Cindy. And I knew she was a blessing from God. I was praying for her. I was waiting for her. And God, in his absolute mercy and grace, knowing that I don't deserve her, he decided to show me great favor and bless me with my beautiful wife, Cindy. And so Monday, December 7th, we just celebrated 18 years of marriage. And so I booked the day off of work. I thought, what a better what better gift could I get my wife and I for our anniversary than having the entire day alone together? So I booked the day off. Our kids went off to school. And after school, I got my mom to go... Uh, pick up my daughter anyway, then meet up with my son, and they ha- they hung out with the grandparents for the afternoon. And so we had like 13 hours together all day long on Monday, celebrating our anniversary together. And yes, after 18 years of marriage, having two teenage kids, time alone is the most valuable, precious thing you can have in a marriage. And I'm sure many of you can understand that. And so We spent the day, we did some Christmas shopping. Uh, We started off at Costco, went around just a few stores, getting some things we needed. Just being with my wife was all that mattered to me. We'd stop by, we'd get some coffee, sit down for a coffee and a donut somewhere. We'd stop by for some lunch somewhere. It was just an awesome time just hanging out together and talking about the last 18 years and talking about the next 18 years and just enjoying being alone together. It was awesome. And I tell you, I thank God that he's given us both grace and patience and endurance to last 18 years because we've gone through some trials. We've gone through some hard times. And I know there's going to be more hard times, but every single time in our marriage, God has been good. He's been faithful and it takes humility. And that's kind of a theme, I guess, on this podcast is humility And numerous times I've had to humble myself before my wife and apologize to her. There's been times where she would humble herself and apologize to me. And it requires forgiveness. You got to forgive each other. You got to have grace. And you got to move forward in humility and knowing that it's only by the grace of God we can go another 18 years of marriage. But man, I am so crazy for my wife. And like I said, I was just 20 years old when I got married. And it's so funny, we were looking back at some wedding pictures recently, and we look so young. She looks the same. She looks great. Like She's like never changed. She's just beautiful all the time. She's like never ages. And But me, man, I looked like just a little kid. I had no facial hair at that time. And it's crazy because when I was 18 years old, I got my face broke out in crazy acne and it was just a horrible time for me. I hated the way I looked and I was so self-conscious about myself. And I remember like six months before the wedding, I was like, Cindy, I, I hate my skin. And somehow she loved me. I don't know. She just said she looked past my face. She never saw it. But I thank God, man, because she was just, she was all about me. And I don't know why, but 
So I'm like, girl, I want to get some help for my skin. I want to clear up my skin for our wedding. And so I got on this this uh, acne medication that was a, a prescription from my doctor. And I think it's no longer allowed, if I'm correct. I think it's um, no longer offered by doctors because of the severity of the uh, symptoms uh, that can come from it. But it was called Accutane. And I remember the doctor said, like, this will dry your skin out completely, but it will do the trick. And I started taking it. And a couple weeks into my uh, using this uh, this pill, this Accutane pill, it literally dried my face completely up. And it, w- it literally burned it. My face was totally red. And it would my my face was so dry that if I rubbed my hands on my face, you would it would be like snowing, uh, dry skin all over my lap, and but it worked. It got rid of my acne. But in my wedding pictures, I got like a beet red, <laughs> a beet red face because of this Accutane, and it even messed up my hands. My hands were beet red. It was crazy, and thankfully I didn't go psychotic or some of the other crazy things that can happen with this, but. Man, it's it's off the shelf now. You can't get it anymore, I believe, uh, because it's dangerous. But it works. It did the trick. But it left me with uh, some crazy wedding pictures of a beet red face. But that was just an awesome, exciting uh, blessing for me this week uh, to have the honor and the privilege of having my beautiful wife for 18 years. And I trust God. I trust God for this next year. And I trust God for the year after. And I just want to serve my wife as unto the Lord, and I want to do it well, and I need his help. I, we need we need God's help, gentlemen, to be faithful, godly, loving, understanding, patient, committed husbands to our wives, and God gives us everything we need for that. Well, something else that was awesome that happened this week for me was my good friend, Scott. He's my good bud. He and um, his wife, they have three sons. And uh, we consider them to be great friends of our family. And uh, we're thankful to God that he brought our families together. And my son and his boys are like the best of friends. They're like brothers. They're like, whenever they get together, they're like a bunch of bear cubs, just kind of rolling on the ground, wrestling and playing and like giving wedgies and wet willies and, you know, passing gas in, in each other's faces and all that boy stuff, right? But they're just like the best of friends. And my daughter, she'll also get in there. Maybe not the whole gas passing thing, but she'll get in there and have some fun with them as well. But they're just a great family. And so anyways, my buddy Scott, he uh, we were having coffee not too long ago. And he mentioned to me how, how awesome it would be if he and I and then his three sons and my son, Austin, um, got together once a week or once every couple weeks for like some sort of Bible study. Uh, some sort of uh, study on Christian faith and things that boys go through. And I thought that was an excellent idea. So we actually had this past Tuesday night, we had our first time together and we didn't really know uh, what to expect. Nothing was planned in great detail. But uh, so me and my son, we went to my, my buddy's house and all of us males went downstairs and and uh, we, we were alone downstairs and uh, we, we had planned to talk about uh, the subject, which affects all boys and men uh, in different levels, in different ways, uh, the topic of pornography. And it was an excellent time of just talking together with our sons as men 
and with teenage boys. And my friend had a, a video, a teaching video on pornography um, where they really broke down the seriousness of it, uh, the problem of it, the plague of it, um, how tempting it can be, uh, the downfall of it, how it can destroy marriage, how it can destroy relationships, how it makes women, uh, mainly women, look like uh, a sex object, a piece of meat, and how that's a disgrace to God, how God created this sex to enjoy between a man and a woman in the context of marriage and how Satan and the world has taken it and made it into something perverted like pornography. And so we watched this teaching video and then we'd pause it every, every you know, 10 minutes and then we'd have conversations. And it was awesome because you never know when you're meeting with your sons and your friends uh, and their and his sons, you don't know how that's going to go, you know, because a lot of times people can be embarrassed to talk about sex and pornography. And it's kind of one of those topics where um, it's more, there's more shame um, added onto it because it is a shameful, disgraceful thing. You know, if we were talking with them about, you know, abusing alcohol or, or smoking cigarettes or drugs, we could talk about that, no problem. There'd be no reason to be embarrassed or like, you know, quiet because you don't want to say nothing. But when it comes to the topic of pornography, you don't know how open they're going to be. But man, it was awesome. God gave all of us just open conversation. We knew it was a safe place. My buddy made it clear that whatever is talked about in that in his basement there together with just the guys there, it stays there. And he meant it. And we all meant it. And so we were able to have open conversation with our boys and with each other just about the struggle of pornography and the temptation that can be. And man, we left feeling so blessed. Like we didn't leave feeling like, man, I never want to go do that again. That was hard. It wasn't hard. It was so easy and so real. And and th that was that just blessed me that I was able to do that with my son and I just encourage you, if you're a Christian dad out there, first and foremost, make sure you are talking with your son about pornography. Make sure you, if, if you maybe are struggling with um, the temptation of pornography, tell a friend, get help. Don't try to fight that alone. Satan wants to keep that in the dark. He wants to make you think that you can handle it on your own, that you're strong enough. Don't give in to that, that lie. We all have our struggles at times with lust and pornography and this type of temptation. You got to talk to your friend. You got to talk to someone that you can trust. And then make sure you're having open talks with your sons and even your daughters. You know, talk to them. Open up this conversation with your kids because, man, if we, we can't just assume that our kids aren't going to look at that, it's not going to affect them. It will. It's everywhere. With smartphones and laptops and Wi-Fi everywhere nowadays, everywhere you go, there's access to the internet. Man, it is so easy for kids to access this stuff. But man, you gotta you gotta be one step ahead of the enemy. And so prepare your kids about this temptation of pornography. Be real with them. If you've had struggles, be real with them and let them know about your struggles and times where God's brought you through different temptations in your own life and let them know that they don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed, that they can be real with you and with their friends as Christians because we need each other. And so, man, that was just an awesome time meeting with my my buddy and, and his boys. And I would encourage you to do the same. Find some place where you can meet with your buddies and talk about things that need to be talked about.
So this topic about humility, it's not an easy thing for men to talk about it. And it's certainly not an easy thing for men oftentimes to act out in their lives. And just this week, I was served by the hand of God, a large piece of humble pie. Have you ever been there before? You ate a piece of humble pie. Man, I would rather eat a piece of blueberry pie. Blueberry pie is good, man. It tastes delicious. It's sweet. You pull it out of the oven and you cut into that pie and you throw a big piece on your plate and it's just steaming with a bunch of deliciousness and you have your Nespresso coffee from your new Nespresso coffee machine and you take your fork and you take a big bite of that blueberry delicious pie. That kind of pie I love. But man, when it comes to eating humble pie, where you got to humble yourself before people and possibly even apologize because you were wrong, that kind of pie sucks. That kind of pie does not taste very good. And so God served me this large piece of humble pie just this week. My wife and I went into a store this week. And it's a store called Canadian Tire. Yes, that's right. Like you know, I'm Canadian, A. And we went into this store. It's a really popular store here in Canada. It kind of sells everything except groceries. Anyways, we went into this store, Canadian Tire. And much like other stores, they have people who are trying to sell you other products. They are trying to get you to sign up for different certain cards or rewards cards or credit cards and a lot of these large department stores have these people and they're kind of eyeing you out they, they watch you come into the store and then they start walking towards you and you know right away they are going to try to sell you something it's kind of like when you're in the mall and you're walking by those little kiosk things you know of women's perfume or women's face creams and it's like you tell your wife honey don't look don't look keep your eyes forward and walk past because you know that salesperson's going to come out and say hey want a sample want a sample and you just you got to say no keep going you know cuz you don't have time for that it's kind of like that so we walked into the store and i see this guy immediately we are in the store for 20 seconds and this guy wearing a suit just a young guy probably in his early 20s he starts heading towards me. My wife's up ahead. She's looking at something else. She's safe. She's not going to get targeted, but I am the target. And I feel it. I feel that missile coming in, targeting me, wanting to sell me something, right? I hear the radar. It's like beep, 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 beep. And it's coming towards me. And so I see him and he comes towards me and he starts his speech. And as soon as he starts his speech to say, hey, excuse me, sir, you know, I'd like you to hear me out and here's some different offers we have. And if you sign up here, we'll give you 25% off your purchase. And as soon as he started that type of sentence, I immediately cut him off and I said, no, thank you. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not interested. And I walked the other way, totally blew the guy off. Totally didn't even think about it. I just knew I didn't want to waste my time talking to him. I'm with my wife. I'm not interested in anything he has to offer me. And so I blew this guy off. And right away, my wife from a few feet away, she heard me do that and said, Matthew, what were you doing? 
That was so rude. She said, that guy was just doing his job and you were so rude to him. And I tell you, immediately I knew it. You know that feeling when you know what you just did was wrong? That's exactly how I felt. But I didn't say that. I said, I said to my wife, no, I don't want to bother with him. I'm not interested in that. He can find someone else. No, it's no big deal. It's fine. I wasn't rude. No, I wasn't rude. And yet I knew I totally was. And I knew that, man, I, I just blew this poor young guy off just trying to do his job. At least I could have let him talk for a minute and then graciously say, you know what? Thanks for you know sharing that with me. But no, I'll pass. You know, But thanks. Have a good day. I could have done that. It would have taken one minute out of my life. But instead, I was totally rude to the guy. And I'm trying to ignore it. And my wife called me out on it, <laughs> which sucks. I hate when that happens, when your wife calls you out on something stupid that you do. So we keep walking around the store and uh, I'm trying to forget about it. And I, I really do feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I knew I grieved the Lord. I knew I was rude to this guy and that God was not pleased. I just knew it. I knew it, man. And I'm trying to ignore it. We're looking at stuff, walking up and down different hallways. And I knew full well I had to go back and to apologize. And this is the time where God wanted to take that humble pie out of the oven, hot and fresh, just for me. And he was about to serve me that large piece of humble pie. And I knew I had to take it. I knew I had to. I knew it wasn't going to be sweet. I knew it wasn't going to be pleasant. I knew it was going to be a time where I had to humble myself and apologize to that guy. And so I put it off for a few more minutes because I didn't want to do that. But I knew I had to. And so finally, we were actually, we walked around the store and we were back at that area. I looked over, the guy was still there. Nobody was talking to him. And I said, I got to do this. So I walked up to him. I have, of course, I had my mask on. He had his mask on because of this whole COVID-19 thing. And that makes it harder as well. And actually, it makes it a little bit easier, <laughs> you know, to apologize when you got this, when half of your face is covered. But anyways, I knew I had to do it. So I walked up to him. I said, listen, man. I owe you an apology. And immediately he said, no, no, listen, it's okay. I, but I want you to know I'm not as bad, bad of a guy as you maybe thought I was when you blew me off there. And I kind of chuckled in a humble way. And I said, no, listen, man, that was wrong. I said, I'm sorry. That was rude of me. I didn't have to be rude to you like that. I apologize for doing that. Please forgive me. And he said, no, it's cool. You know, don't worry about it. Thank you. I know that you're you're busy and probably in a rush and stuff. I said, yeah, yeah, but but there's no excuse for that. I, I apologize for the way I treated you. I said, Merry Christmas, man. Have a great day. And I left. And as soon as I left, immediately I felt, yes, I felt good. I felt that it was hard because I ate the pie, the humble pie, but immediately I felt that relief. And you know what I'm talking about, man? That sense of yes. It's like God's approval is now on you saying, yes, you, you obeyed my voice. You did the right thing, Matthew. And I felt that. But immediately I looked up and there was another man who was like maybe six feet away. And he heard me say that. And he was looking at me. And I knew that guy just saw me apologizing to this other guy. And I thought to myself, what, what an example that could possibly be. I didn't want to apologize to the guy. And yet I chose to. And yet another man saw me, a man, apologizing humbly to another man. That's just something men don't want to do. 
right? Men, men want to punch and fight and swear and curse and cuss and stand their ground and, and, you know, walk in their pride. And I've got this. I did nothing wrong. And I thought to myself, God, if, if that was a way that even you could show that other man who was watching me apologize to another man, man, so be it, God. I just want to make sure I'm representing Christ well. And you see, that's what it's all about, gentlemen. It's about representing Jesus because that's who we are. We are representatives of Christ. And even though it's hard to do because of our pride, it is so crucial that we walk in humility. The Bible tells us that Jesus humbled himself even to the point of dying on a cross. He made himself, it says, of no reputation. So get past your reputation. And when your wife calls you out on something stupid you did, I would encourage you to listen to your wife and listen to the Holy Spirit and humble yourself and apologize or have that conversation and make it right because you're representing Jesus. His reputation is on the line through your life and through my life. And I'm reminded of another time in my life. This is going back about 10 years ago. I was a youth pastor at a church and my pastor at that time, um, he had me doing a Bible a Bible reading plan and he had me going through a certain book of scripture and then he wanted me to write out some commentary of what I felt the scripture was uh, saying. And this was a daily thing and so typically I'd use my mornings to, to do my reading. I'd read through the chapter of the book he, he had me reading and then I would write out my notes and then he would like to, to talk about it. And, uh, and I really appreciated him doing this and uh, because it was a way for me to grow in my knowledge of the scriptures and to submit to his authority and his teaching uh, over me. And so there was one morning I was at the church where, where I was a youth pastor and he was up in his office and I was down in my office and uh, he, he called me on the phone and for some reason in our conversation, I can't remember exactly how it was brought up, but um, he asked me if I had uh, done my Bible reading and commentary yet for that day and I knew full well I hadn't yet. I was actually procrastinating. I was kind of putting it off and for some stupid reason, I don't know why, I just totally lied to my pastor and I said, yeah, yeah, I read it. I did, I, I did it. It's good. Good to go. We're done. And immediately, he, and he's like, okay, great. That's awesome, you know, and, and we ended our conversation. And immediately, I hung up the phone thinking, what an idiot. What was I thinking? Have you ever been there before where you just you just do something without even putting any thought into it? We all have that happen. And immediately, it's like you know you're doing something stupid. You're not using your brain that God gave you. And immediately, you feel like, what were you doing? And so I'm like, why did I just lie to him? It's not like he would have sent me to my room and I would have been in trouble and you're grounded or you're fired or whatever. There, there was no consequence coming my way if I had said, no, I haven't gotten around to it yet. But for some reason, I totally lied. And immediately I knew I had to apologize. And I had to humble myself once again. This is going back 10 years ago and apologize to him. So I called him back and, and I told him, you know, listen, I, I lied and I apologize. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I haven't done my reading yet. Please forgive me. That was stupid. And his response to me was, you know what? Hey, it's cool. And he said, thank you for keeping short accounts. 
and meaning he was glad that I didn't let that go overnight or or go a week or a month. You know, I got it right right away. I immediately, minutes after our conversation, minutes after I lied, I then apologized for lying. And he appreciated that, that I didn't let that just, you know, go on knowing that there was that sin and that that dishonesty. I made it right immediately. And it wasn't easy. I had to humble myself. And so in my life, there's been a few times where God has had to serve me some humble pie. And we don't like the taste of it. But man, it brings good results when you eat the pie. You humble yourself. You get things right between you and other people. You might have to do this with your wife. You might have to do this with your children. You might have to do it with your pastor. You might have to do it with some guy at the at the mall, at the store like me, trying to sell you a credit card or whatever. Right? But I tell you, when God wants to humble you, he's trying to make you more like Jesus. And I would encourage you, listen to his voice and follow his leading and walk in humility. Again, Proverbs 18, 12, before honor is humility. If you want God to honor you, if you want God to promote you and bless you and give you open doors of opportunity, don't think that if you are walking in pride and arrogance, like you've got it all together, that you don't need to walk in humility, you are so wrong. Before honor is humility. Proverbs 18 verse 12. And so I pray that you were encouraged by today's episode. I would love to hear from you. You can email me. I would love for you to leave a rating on iTunes, leave a comment, subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts. Man, I would love to hear some feedback if you have been blessed by the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. So my encouragement to you is take that piece of humble pie, shove it in your mouth, chomp on it, swallow it, and walk as Christ walked. God bless. Thanks for joining me on The Frontline. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.